I'm recording. Alrighty. Think, sorry, Lucas, you think pretty oh, ladies record. can't drink Diet Coke? You think we're not allowed? What? When, when <laughs> <laughs> this podcast contains explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Thundercast. Um, I'm Christian. I'm Lucas. And I'm Liam. You're here with another podcast that just talks about movies. We're coming to you live from a hostage situation. <laughs> Lucas has held us both hostage, but he's given Liam more light. <laughs> well, we need to see Liam's nope. face. We don't need to see yours. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're actually coming to you live from a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm in a closet right now uh, because I'm at my parents' house. Uh, Lucas is still where he is, and Liam is still where he is. Um, in reality, we're actually coming to you live from uh, un- the set of Unfriended. Just kidding. We're actually coming to you live from uh, re- rehashing old ideas uh, because today we are going to be talking about adaptations, which is something that we addressed a long time ago. Uh, today actually, we are sponsored about exactly a year ago. Almost exactly, yeah. Uh, today we are sponsored. All we gotta by... do is redo all of our old episodes, and we're golden. That's <laughs> right. We'll just recycle them. We'll hit a hundred and just stop. Um... I mean, hey, JJ Abrams <laughs> has made a JJ Abrams has made a fortune doing that. So, so we are sponsored <laughs> by our patrons today. You know who you are. You'll get a special shout out at the end of the show. Um, like I said earlier, we are sponsored not by Coca Cola, Liam. Sorry, I, I, I put a joke in, in the last episode that Liam always shows the fucking logo when we do the videos. It's just like, okay, free advertising. All right. Anyway, clunky start, like usual. All right. Uh, let's jump right into it. Let's go right to the Dr. Pepper store. <laughs> I clearly don't know how to drink out of that. Uh, let's let's go right into the ingestion. All right, everybody. What All right. have let's you go seen? First. Uh, let's let Lucas do it. All you, right, I will you, go first. You chirped up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, finished rereading The Way of Kings by Brandon Satterson, Sanderson. Uh, it's it's the first book in the Stormlight Archive. Uh, it's a very long book. It's like twelve hundred pages, uh, but it's good. It's 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 very uh, very very complex. As in, like the world that uh, he builds, super complex. Brandon Sanderson is really really good at building worlds right he's really good at characterization his stories usually in my opinion aren't super in-depth if that makes sense they're 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 usually pretty beat uh by beat nothing too too like intricate about them hero's journey kind of thing yeah yeah for the most part uh and stormlight archive uh follows like four or five different characters going through uh, the situation uh, which is, as in most fantasy, is uh, a, a looming world-ending uh, uh, event. Pretty basic. So but, Mordor. Uh, kind of, kind of, yeah. Uh, it's it's a little it's a little bit more complex than Lord of the Rings, but it's it's uh, it's a really good book. I highly recommend it if you can handle twelve hundred page novels. Uh, all three of all three of the books. Uh, they're on my shelf shelf currently up there. I don't think you can see them, but they're up there. Um, they're all over a thousand pages long. There's three of them. Book four is coming out in November, I think it is. Uh, so that's why I'm rereading them. I don't think I could read them, but damn, they'll look good on my shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Designs are cool. Uh, this one, this is called Oathbringer. This is the third one. 
Liam, uh, cool. sorry, cool Lucas, art. can you explain the art for the listeners at home? Uh, no. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck uh, you guys. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's a woman standing on some standing in some ruins with a fucking huge sword. Cool. The, yeah, um, also, welcome to the Thundercats, the only show where we're going to tell our audience to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, uh, so that that ate up a lot of my time, considering it's a 1,200-page book. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also watched another Studio Ghibli movie. I watched uh, My Neighbor Totoro. Nice. Which, uh, personally, not my favorite Ghibli movie. <laughs> no, it's like from what I remember, because I, I, I think I've explained this before. I, every time I try to watch it, I fall asleep. Mm -hmm. I fall asleep every single time, and I don't know if that's just because I'm watching it too late or what. But uh, and it's not even it that it's like, calming. yeah, it's very calming. Um, but like nothing really happens. It's just kind of no, like not, it's not a movie where stuff happens. I do like Totoro. I like that character. I like the weird facial expressions he has and like the design of him. Uh, but this one, I think it's the first Ghibli movie I've watched where the where the main character or one of the main characters is like genuinely a young child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, except for maybe Spirited Away, but because um, she's like six, right? In in uh, in Toro, I think she's like four. Oh, okay. Like yeah. that. Uh, and Spirited Away, um, I forget the main character's name, but I'm pretty sure she's like, she's got to be like ten or something. Okay, yeah. And I think part of the reason I didn't like this one as much is my uh, aversion to children. <laughs> right. For those of you at home, Lucas fucking hates kids. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the, the sounds they make, the things they do. I don't like them. If we ever, but, uh, if we ever get to Comic Con with this show, um, don't bring your kids. <laughs> I mean, I'll, have, I'll, I'll, I'll chill, but just, just keep them away from me. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I didn't really care too much for Totoro the movie itself. Uh, not a lot happens, like you said, and there's a lot of screaming children. Yeah, and I cannot abide. <laughs> yeah, if, the, the, the one dude where I does thought, not abide. No. <laughs> uh, the only Ghibli film I can recall where I thought uh, with younger kids that I thought it got kind of annoying was in uh, uh, Ponyo, but I also just didn't mm. much care for that movie very much. Yeah, I don't know I, if I'm going to watch that one. The anthropomorphic goldfish freaks me out. <laughs> yep, like it, it genuinely unsettles me. What about um, the anthropomorphic pig? In Pocoroso. Poco I haven't watched that one yet. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to. <laughs> um, with uh, with Totoro, I think what's I think it's also uh, probably the best one to sh Ghibli film to show two kids. Probably. Or, I mean, like, yeah, I think it's a great uh, way to uh, just introduce young kids to anime and like uh, just like uh, or even just films for uh, that aren't from the West or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I yeah. and that's something I've always kind of admired about it. Again, sure. I've only I've only seen it once. Um, and I remember liking it quite a bit, but it's not really the Ghibli that, uh, it's not the Ghibli that hits my sensibilities. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Fair, yeah. Uh, what are the things I, 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 today I started playing Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm really liking it so far. I'm, I'm only like two hours into it, but, uh. Kill those fucking dinosaurs. There's robot dinosaurs. You gotta <laughs> shoot them with a bow and arrow. It's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like, uh, Turok without the machine guns. <laughs> But there's it, it's there's a lot of mechanics that it shares with things like Assassin's Creed and the Batman games, like with all the stealth and the climbing, which seems to just be a staple of every open world game. Ever. Pretty much. Uh, but uh, overall, I'm really liking it so far. I'm going to continue with that. 
And the last thing I'll talk about is two days ago, I started reading A Beautifully Foolish Endeavor by Hank Green. Oh, yeah. And? Uh, I'm almost done. <laughs> Was it A Beautifully Foolish Endeavor? It's it's very good so far. <laughs> it's it's definitely a worthy successor to uh, an absolutely remarkable thing, which is the this is the sequel to that one. Oh, I, I, it's a series. Yes, yes, I believe oh. it's just going to be the two. Uh, uh, absolutely remarkable thing and beautifully foolish endeavor. I think it's I think it's just going to be the two, both by Hank Green, obviously. And uh, yeah, his his writing is definitely more my thing than John Green's writing. Yeah, well, John Green writes books for teenagers. Yeah, yeah, he does. Teenagers, I'm, young adults, stuff like that. I mean, I'd argue that is that the way he writes uh, stories for teen- teenagers are a lot more mature than they have any right to be. Yeah, sure. But, oh, like yeah. I could definitely, but they are still very much for uh, teenagers and like maybe even just like entering your twenties or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. just right towards the end of like uh, adolescence. I think I read Fault in Our Stars when I was nineteen, twenty, or something like that. Maybe a little older okay. than that. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, what's it about? Uh, well, it's a so it's kind of hard to explain. In the first one, a bunch of samurai robots that just appear on Earth with with no warning, nothing like that. Uh, they're they're just statues. They don't seem to speak or anything like that. And there's a mystery surrounding them, uh, and the mystery is not solved by the end of the first book. But uh, in the second book, we learn a lot more about them. Uh, the main character, main character April May, uh, is like kind of becomes famous because she's like the first one to discover one of these and she names them Carl. Uh, so <laughs> There's like the invasion of the Carls. That's funny. <laughs> um, I thought it was, I thought it was much ser- more serious than that. It, it is pretty serious, but it also, it's also very silly at, at times. Like, it's like so... one of one of like the, one of the main villain of, of the first book. And he's also a pretty big part of the second book so far is like, I can't remember the character, like Peter, Petra something and he's basically a st- <laughs> I see him as like a Ben Shapiro stand-in <laughs> okay yeah, yeah. he, he kind of does the exact he's, he's like a conservative pundit who uses all these logical fallacies but it's it's very funny um, but uh, the second book is a lot more complex uh, it's a lot it's, it's like 200 pages longer as well uh, and it's also from the point of view of more characters all of April's friends get their own little point of view stories May June um <laughs> no oh. june july <laughs> um but i uh, there's there's a lot of like it's it's very speculative fiction sort of thing but with more humor to it than most speculative fiction right i was yeah i was gonna say it sounds pretty absurdist from what you're describing kind of yeah yeah uh, i i i really like both of them uh i'm not finished beautifully foolish endeavor yet but i will probably finish it tomorrow Right on. If not, if not tonight. Yeah, Lucas. Lucas doesn't do drugs or drink or anything, so he's actually got time <laughs> to read books. I don't. I don't leave my house, so I just play games and read books. Read books. What a fucking nerd. No, I'm kidding. Thank you. I love you, Lucas. You're a good guy. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, is that everything? That's everything. Cool. Um, let's let Liam go because I know he's gonna eat up 20 minutes. So. <laughs> wow. Jeez, man, you are being rude today. <laughs> Yeah, this is the bully podcast now. <laughs> Remember, Where we talk dumb- about the Rockstar game Bully. Yeah, and Bully Liam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, remember, asshole, I know where you live. Not right now. You don't know where I am now. Uh, Yeah, I know how to get there. I'm in a hostage situation. How do you know? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, only I know where. You, you have to pay me a lot of money to find him, Liam. Yeah. 
like four thousand dollars <laughs> i could actually that's how much that. i'm worth four grand yeah. <laughs> i'm you a got, millennial i don't know how much four thousand dollars how, how that's not a lot of money <laughs> i know right I, I read this tweet the other day that was like you know you're an adult when one thousand dollars feels like 20 bucks i think i saw i think i saw it because you liked it <laughs> i was like yeah that's that's about right it's like so hey I, I got a thousand it's gone yeah fuck f- I like having twenty bucks. Twenty bucks is yeah. cool. I got ten bucks in my wallet right now. Yeah. yeah. All right, Liam. Um, I want to show. I want to so. show everybody at home that what a ten dollar bill looks like, though. What is it? What is a ten dollar bill? There you go. It's a Canadian well, a ten dollar bill. Great content for an audio based podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It has Sir John A. McDonald on it. There you go. Oh, a well known that... racist and drunk. Uh, that's that, right. That's cool. That's, that's that, that like that's how you get on money. You have to be racist and drunk. <laughs> that's right. Like that's those are the rules. Did you know that if you scratch the maple leaf, it smells like maple? I wouldn't mm. know. Yeah, we wouldn't mm, know. Cocaine. Or so. <laughs> 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 okay, go. Sorry, Liam. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I guess uh, the first thing that uh, I'll start with is uh, for over past two weeks or so i've fallen into uh, a usual trapping i do which i call the nostalgia rabbit hole mm. and that is uh so i've been spending new podcast past... by thunder lizard collective <laughs> next fall so yep. go ahead hey hey you let lucas talk you can let me talk too <laughs> <laughs> um but so i've been re-watching uh one show that i remember was a personal favorite from when i was a kid and that was jackie chan adventures Oh man, I only caught like a handful of episodes when I, when I was growing up, but I used to love that show. It's yeah, fun. no, it it was very. I mean, so I guess the first thing I'll say straight up is for a show that was just made to ca- cash in on a uh, on a likable actor, it's far better than it has any right to be. Yeah, it's like, not Mike, like Mike Tyson and Mysteries or whatever. Yeah. Like it, that yeah, I mean, does mm-hmm. not need to exist. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, I, it's. It's a I, lot I more... just remember one joke from it. Like this is the only thing that sticks up my mind. He has like his his dad or his grandpa or something. It's his uncle. His uncle. There you go. Uh, he's trying to figure out a fax machine, and at the end of the episode, Jackie Chan's fighting someone. He needs a spell cast, so he calls his uncle. His uncle casts a spell through the phone. He's like, "How come you can spend send magic through the phone, but not paper?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, That's I good. did watch that one recently. Actually. <laughs> um. But no, uh, the, uh, was the animation still mostly holds up. There wasn't, there's not a lot of obvious CGI from like what I was able to de- uh, de- detect. Um, there's also, uh, I even just the overall aesthetic, aesthetic of a show I like as as um, I am a I am a fan of the artist who's behind it. Um, where the show uh, is kind of dicey for me in some ways, just kind of looking back on it as an adult, is that I can see how so or. I'm concerned how some could associate it with uh, Orientalism or whatnot, and just mm. like how the way uh, uh, was it uh, Asian traditions and whatnot uh, get portrayed in the West. Like, I mean, like kung fu and whatnot and martial arts, given it's Ch- Jackie Chan, is a given. But when it comes to like the mysticism stuff or whatnot, I could see uh, some people feeling the same way as they they did about like say Big Trouble Little China or whatnot. Mm. And also, uh, I. Though uh, the show also does have uh, mo- uh, was it mostly uh, Cantonese actors uh, reading uh, was it reading the roles? That's good. Um, at least when they're Asian characters, like there are some who uh, are just like well-known voice actors or whatnot. Like 
uh, Alec Baldwin's a recurring character. Really? Or, sorry, or not? Sorry, not Alec Baldwin. Adam Baldwin is a recurring. Oh, character. Adam Baldwin. Okay. And um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Clancy Brown is a main character. Yeah. Nice. Um, but also Jackie's uncle, like. I mean, so on the one hand, I think that he kind of seems like a pretty awful Cantonese stereotype, but a lot of Cantonese people who I've talked to say like, oh, no, no, it's if we like him, he's very funny, so I don't know where to stand on that. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, I find him funny, but maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> um, but no, overall, uh, enjoying it. Also, just the premise of a show alone, I think, is just insane and hilarious, like, at least in the first season where it's like you have to track down the 12 talismans of a Chinese zodiac and each one mm -hmm. and each animal representative gives you like a different power or whatnot. So like the sheep one is astral projection. Uh, the tiger one is balance. I think just like... What's the monkey one of, again? Uh, I think the monkey one is agility. Oh yeah, cool. Uh, the rabbit one is speed, which... Uh, yeah, no, but again, like I just... I don't know what it is. Just something about that premise that like just the fact that this thing fucking exists and it was my favorite when I was a kid, I think is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, what else, Liam? Um, also, last night, uh, I was hanging out with uh, Christian and we watched, because um, uh, I'd never seen it, we watched uh, Inherent Vice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. PTA film, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson film starring... The, uh, the most unlike PTA film he's ever made. It's so unlike him. It's it's Yeah, it's... Yeah, go ahead. It's very different. I haven't seen every movie he's made, but it's very different from the ones I have. Like, usually uh, his movies have a lot more, like, even when they can be funny and quirky, they have more of a seriousness to them. And, like, they're just very uh, deliberately paced, I think, is the way to put a lot of them. Like, mm -hmm. even Punch Drunk Love, which isn't very long, like, moves at a very deliberate pace. Well, this one is kind of, like, a lot more scattershotty. Yeah, yeah. And, like, well, because it's supposed to feel like you're doing drugs. Like, yeah, that's kind of what it's... Because it's a detective story um, based off yeah, of a book a, by Thomas Pynchon. Yeah, it's um, a neo-noir neo uh, stoner uh, detective story. Yeah. And it, so it's got Joaquin Phoenix, J.O. Quinn, J. Quinn Phoenix um, is uh, there. Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Um, there's a lot of weird people that pop up in that film. Uh, like, we were watching it, and Christian was like, oh, shit, I forgot Benicio Del Toro was in this. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, I feel uh, like Benicio Del Toro has come up a lot in, in recent episodes. He definitely has. <laughs> Benicio, come on our show. Yeah. <laughs> I'll flip you. I'll fucking flip you. <laughs> um, but overall, I did quite enjoy it. I think it's maybe a little too long as I felt like it was kind of started towards the end. I thought like everything got stretched a little thin. Um, but like uh, for the most part, I was engaged while I was enjoying it. But also like... Uh, crime and um, neo-noir stories do what uh, was it do very much hit most of my sensibilities we had to pause it a couple times so liam could gather his thoughts he was like wait yeah, like, a minute like who what's happening <laughs> he well, tried to explain it to me and i'm like that's about right yes yeah because um i feel because oh it's from what i understand pta wrote it as a way to be like where it's inherently hard to follow until it clicks together but you're like oh okay yep i'm following all right yeah <laughs> um but yeah, and then uh, I was at the last one, uh, the last thing that I think of it, I've already talked a million times about, and I finally, uh, I finally got a copy and showed it to Christian, so I'm gonna leave that one to him. Yeah. All right. Hello, everyone. It's my turn to do the ingestion. 
Welcome to the Thundercast, a podcast about movies. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> can we just call this the, the dicking around show at this, this is, point? This is a dicking around episode, yeah. <laughs> um, what did I watch? Um, I watched a, a film called Without a Paddle, um, starring Seth Green, <laughs> Matthew Lillard, and Dak Shepard. And it wasn't good. It's it's a pretty shitty movie. It's not good. It's got like a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. But a lot of people love that movie, and it's like really well like regarded by fans. I don't get it. I think I just missed the wave. I went up without a paddle, you know? Like, uh, they maybe it's so, just basically maybe it's just, they go on a uh, uh sorry. I was gonna say maybe it's just the fact that they have three uh was it just three likable actors you don't see much of anymore? Yeah, I think that's probably it. Um, but so the movie's about these three friends that one of their friends dies, and so they go on this camping trip to try and find D.B. Cooper's treasure or the money. <laughs> so they go, they drive up to like Portland, Oregon, and they try and find D.B. Cooper's remains. Um, yeah, it's not good. I don't want to get into it. It's not good. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, then Liam and I watched Sorry to Bother You last night. I, I still haven't seen it. You're going to fucking love it. <laughs> it I is only... a riot. It is yeah. so <laughs> weird. It is one of the weirdest films I've probably ever seen. Um, wow. It's it's very much like reminiscent of like Charlie Kaufman, um, like Michelle Gondry, like the, when those two team up together. Um, but also a little bit like Spike Jones. Um, and I like all those guys. And uh, yeah, Boots Riley was a rapper, was he not? Yeah, he was a rapper in a band called uh, Vaku and another one called Street Sweeper Social Club. That's right. And then he just went and made this movie, and it's it's just bonkers. Um, although I do have some complaints, mostly just being that um, towards the end, some of the things they set up in the beginning of the movie don't pay off. It's just it's or, almost like each act is its own movie. Rather or it just kind of becomes a very different thing in the end. Yeah, and you don't you do not expect the ending. Um, I will tell you that there was a lot of stuff in that movie that you were going to be like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> um, and it, it, at first you're like, this doesn't make any sense. And it makes perfect sense. Um, the metaphors are pretty, it's not a subtle movie. It's not <laughs> subtle at all. It's, uh, like, uh, hell, I was talking with a guy at work about it. He's like, it's a miracle that this far left of a leading film actually got made. Yeah. Yeah. It is not subtle. Uh, and it it wears that with pride. Um, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was really great, and I plan on watching it a million times because uh, wow, Lakeith Stanfield is great, and Te- like Tessa him. Thompson is amazing. Um, who else, Liam? Who else? Is um, Army Hammer's uh, oh. for the bits he's in is actually oh. really really good. He, he wears a skirt half the time. Yeah. <laughs> Why is he wearing a skirt? I don't. Huh. Anyway. Um, yeah, it's bonkers, and I think you're going to absolutely adore it. Uh, and then, unrelated to movies, but uh, Taylor Swift released an album uh, the other day, <laughs> a surprise album. It's and, all over Twitter. And I don't like it. Uh, uh-huh. I'm, I'm, a Taylor, I'm a Swifty. You guys know this. I love yep. me some T-Swizzle. T- Which uh, has always been put a uh, hamper on our friendship a little bit. <laughs> She's great. She's extremely talented. And also very immature and uh, overtly pandering. I mm, drop the pandering. Shut the fuck up. Um, the <laughs> immature part I can't agree with because the album, um, the lyrics are just so fucking juvenile and just mm. it sounds and 
feels like a 16-year-old wrote the album, and it's like, Taylor, you're almost 31. Like, it's like, yeah, you're, in, you're, you're, you're 31. It's, <laughs> you're into your 30s. You uh, have all, you have so much money and acclaim. You could get away with just about anything without any risk, and you just choose to do the same juvenile shit over and over and over. Yeah, well, take, take Great that job, back, Taylor. Because she doesn't do that. Um, her last album, Lover, was really good, and I enjoy every song on that that album. However, Folklore is the name of this album, and I like four songs. Um, it mm. should have been an EP. It really should have just been, like, I think if they'd released it as four EPs instead of just dropping 16 songs, uh, then it would have played off better. And she probably would have made more money because mm. she would have been able to sell them individually with their own skew. Instead of selling one album, she could have sold four albums. And made millions of fucking dollars, but I'm not Taylor Swift's manager. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, yeah, I didn't. Right. I'm not a fan. Fuck that. Right. Uh, I like four songs. That's pretty much it. So there. And this, and hopefully okay. this is introduced to you that God can bleed. Wow! Wow! <laughs> the oh. only I think the most recent Taylor Swift song I listened to is like, how long ago was Shake It Off released? <laughs> That was 1989. Uh, that was <laughs> the name of the Before album. Before I was born. That oh, was okay. the name of the album. But she, uh, yeah, that was six years ago. Seven, okay, yeah. I haven't listened. <laughs> I haven't. To be fair, I haven't really listened to like music that's not on a Broadway cast album. Fair in, enough. Like six years. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Especially given you had to drop country music. Yeah. <laughs> country music got canceled, everybody. Yeah, I, after after twenty sixteen for reasons I'm sure everyone can figure out. Yeah. <laughs> I stopped listening to country music. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's wild that like the Dixie Chicks decided to change their name. They're now just called the Chicks. Is that uh, true? That's true. Yeah. Wow. So they they dropped the Dixie from their name because they were like, Wow, this is not right. <laughs> Did their career ever recover after they slammed George Bush? Uh kind of. People love their last album. Um, mm. like the one that just uh, came out a couple months ago. Uh, and then also, you know, the band Lady Antebellum? Uh, yes. Yeah, so now they go by Lady D, or sorry, Lady A. Uh, oh, okay. Because they dropped the Antebellum thing. But here's mm-hmm. the thing with that. They changed their name to Lady A, and then immediately got, got backlash because there's a woman from uh, Seattle who's a person of color who uses the name Lady oh, A. And they oh, were no. like, God damn it. <laughs> so anyway, completely irrelevant to our move our podcast about movies. Uh, anyway, let's go for a break. Uh, I'm sure our fans at home are probably sick of our bullshit, right? Now. <laughs> yeah, let's go for a break. I do not apologize. Die Hard? What we've never done anything with Die Hard. Ever. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. All traces of that are off of the internet. <laughs> all traces of what? Nothing. That's right. Welcome back to the Thundercast, everybody. We are here. We forgot to do something because I'm a fucking idiot and went to break. Uh, we are going to do... What? What, Liam? Oh, sorry. What? Thank you for finally admitting that. No. Yeah. We'll put it on a fucking <laughs> t-shirt or something. Uh, hey, speaking of t-shirts, Liam, why don't you show everybody at home your shirt? Once again, very riveting visual content. <laughs> <laughs> we are recording the visuals. Yes. I am a film bro. My letterbox rating is it may offend you, but I'm certified fresh. If you, do, <laughs> if you don't like it, I'll beat you to a pulp, is what it says. 
Yeah, because you guys know, oh, but I'm very God. much one of those kind of guys who was like, oh, Tyler Durden's the new God, man. But Dark Knight is an underrated movie. Damn, man. <laughs> All right. Are there actually people saying that Dark Knight is an underrated movie? Severely. Yes. Severely underrated. There are a lot of uh, there are a lot of dude film bros who go off and say that for just because it wasn't nom- it wasn't nominated for Best Picture. All right. Recommendations, everybody. Yeah, okay. Recommendations. <laughs> We're moving right into that because I, I, I guess I'll go first since I'm literally holding what I'm going to Go for it. Uh, get ready for more fantasy novels, everybody. <laughs> uh, I'm going to recommend uh, the Mistborn series by Brandon Sanderson. I don't have all the physical books here. This is Era 1. There's also Era 2 Mistborn, which I like even more. So basically, it's it's a fantasy series about a rebellion against an evil emperor. <laughs> original. Uh, but again, with Brandon Sanderson, it's more about uh, the the fascinating worlds he can build, uh, and and like the magic system and the rules within those magic systems that he builds. Uh, and Mistborn, people who are uh, Mistborn, uh, ingest metals and burn those metals in their body to create different magical effects. Cool. And some people, uh, some people like a Mistborn. There's only th- I think two in the world at this point, but uh, they can burn all the different kinds of metals, and it'll give like you can combine a bunch of different number of effects and stuff like that and there are people called mistings who only can burn one metal hmm. and uh so they're kind of less powerful but there's basically an evil immortal emperor and they have to take him down through a heist in the first one cool uh which is is actually it's it's pretty cool uh and that the next two novels follow that uh follow that kind of storyline through the rebellion through, all the way through and era two of mistborn is kind of more of a uh, magic western where they like they, they advance kind of like how they go from avatar to legend of korra how technology advances a bunch that happens between era one and era two of mistborn and era two mm-hmm. mistborn they have guns and stuff and uh it's 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 more fun cool <laughs> right on um I would like to recommend a another YouTube related thing, um, and that is if you uh, would go to your search bar on YouTube.com um, after you watch this episode of the Thundercast, of course. Um, it is a uh, little compilation mashup thing. Um, I sent it to you two. It's called Invasion: The Battle for Earth, uh, and it's basically what this this person did is he took um, a bunch of invasion and alien movies. And edited them together to make a new movie, and it is wild. It is. I only watched the part one, but it was pretty. It was pretty cool. It's pretty entertaining. Like, oh, Lucas, when the spoilers. Sorry, everybody. Uh, when the Death Star showed up, I just laughed. (laughs) I was like, "That's this. This is what we're doing," and I'm okay with it. (laughs) I'm totally fine with this. Um, Anyway, yeah, I recommend that because it's the and the thing that is now so the one that i sent to you guys is um was a remastered version so there's new footage from different movies that are that is put in there to kind of amp it up a little bit more so the stakes are a little higher because tom cruise is in it for some reason oh (laughs) Uh, anyway (laughs) yeah so that's what i recommend there you go and i'm was gonna i was gonna recommend uh i sadly don't have a my copy of it right now because i loaned it out but uh frank miller's robocop Oh shit! Who'd you loan um, that? Yeah. Cool. I loaned it out. I loaned it out to my buddy Chris. Huh. Um. Well. Hi, Chris. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But uh. What is it? Uh. I was gonna recommend that because uh, to give some background, it was uh, essentially uh, Frank. Uh, after the first RoboCop and the success of The Dark Knight Returns, Frank Miller was hired to uh, come in and write a script for RoboCop Two, 
which um, throughout the development of it got changed a lot and uh, just uh, very, uh, just to a point where only a few core ideas remained and whatnot, which tends to happen in Hollywood, especially when comic book writers get involved. Mm -hmm. um, so Frank Miller decided to uh, take his script and publish it as a graphic novel. And uh, I personally think it would have been a great sequel to RoboCop. However, if uh, you can't get past uh, some of uh, Frank Miller's uh, political views or whatnot, this is not the book for you. <laughs> like, yeah, no, if Frank Miller's, if you, Frank Miller's politics and, uh, are not your cup of tea and you can't get past that, do not read it because yeah. you will not enjoy it. Um, but I mean, like, uh, and but overall, I was able to enjoy it, again, despite, again, fitting into kind of that bill of, of him not being my cup of tea, but... I also have too much respect for Frank Miller as a writer and a storyteller. Um, yeah. And also, like, uh, the, the art style's really cool. I forget the name of the guy who did it, but I believe it was the same artist who worked on, like, uh, Batman versus the Predator. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. And, like, it's, <laughs> it's very, like, colorful, but also, like, very dirty, broken, like, very, uh, uh, what is it, like, like, very, like, uh, messy and, like, almost mad mad maxi but also just very uh pulpy looking which i thought was kind of cool does he use his catchphrase i am yeah, I the law oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, i've said it before and i'll say it again don't be stupid it's a good joke <laughs> um, he, wears, he wears that helmet right he's a robot i mean cop. robocop does have a helmet but <laughs> <laughs> do you think that movie would have been different if they called it robot cop <laughs> probably <Are> they... <laughs> Also, I apologize if you can hear drilling sounds. Someone in my area is drilling very loudly. No, nope, there it is. I heard something. Yeah. Uh, for me, apologies if you can hear someone walking up and down the stairs that I'm currently sitting under. Um, <laughs> and I apologize for uh, our inability today to remain on topic in any way, shape, or form. And I apologize for nothing. I apologize for nothing. Um, but yeah, seriously, like, what do you think the the pitch meeting for RoboCop? Someone it was written on the whiteboard, and somebody just like accidentally bumped the T off, and then they were like, "Oh fuck yeah, <laughs> <laughs> RoboCop." Yeah, RoboCop. What about RoboCop? Well, there we go. There's all our recommendations. <laughs> unless unless Liam's not done. Are you not done? No, that Sorry. covers everything. Okay, cool. just continues to prove that he's only here for the jokes. I am, <laughs> Lucas. I love that you you were like, yeah. It's time to keep moving, please. <laughs> so, yeah, here we go. Uh, so, today we are going to be talking about adaptations, but expanding that from our last episode about adaptations, and we're going to talk about some, some movies um, or t television series that we think would, uh, or sorry, some properties that we feel like would be great um, to see on the big screen or a small screen or phone, um, what, what have you. Um, yeah, so just going right off the top, I... Uh, I know we've talked about it before, but, like, what makes a good adaptation, right? Like, uh, Liam, would you like to field this question for me? Um, well, <laughs> it really depends on the context of the adaptation. I'd say that if you're adapting a novel or something, I think it's always important to uh, always make sure that as an artist, when you're adapting it, it is very much your own voice and your vision and whatnot. And, like, uh, so I don't have a problem with, like, de slight deviations or whatnot, just – but. Just make sure you keep true to the ideas and themes of the uh, was it of the property at hand, and just like that you're respectful enough. Right. I think is is that what I usually like to see when it comes to um, uh, when it comes to uh, like adapting a novel or like a uh, like adapting a novel or a short story. Mm -hmm. When it comes to say like uh, 
you're adapting somebody's life or whatnot. I think it's pretty important to try and remain as true to it as possible as you are dealing with somebody who did actually exist it. And in a lot of cases, and in a lot of cases, somebody who's considered of importance. So would like, you, just would you even true. consider like a biopic, uh, like an adaptation though? I'd say, uh, well, as it's we said, an adaptation last... of human life. Yeah. I mean, like, and just also, uh, especially if it's from so long ago, you're adapting uh, the information at hand and whatnot and what we know of a person. So, I mean, by definition, I do kind of consider that an adaptation of sorts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like how the movie Adaptation (laughs) is based (laughs) off of Charlie Kaufman's life, right? And his, his fake brother, his fake twin brother. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with you, Liam. I think there is definitely a, a level of respect that needs to take, that happen when turn, taking somebody else's work and turning it into something uh, something else. Uh, someone who maybe like Stephen Chabot, Chop, Chabotsky, is that right? Chop, Chopsky, the guy who wrote Perks of Being a Wallflower. Chopsky, I believe. Who also okay. wrote the movie, and I believe he directed it too, did he not? Yeah, he... Uh... Well, the script is, uh, he's not credited, but the script was half written by him and half written by D- John Hughes, because uh, Hughes was originally going to direct it back in the day before his passing. Right. Um, so uh, it's, the script is, there's a little bit of Hughes in there, but it's mostly written by him and directed by him. Right. Would you call that an adaptation? Because you're, you're adapting your own book? Well, I think that when you're adapting your own book, I think what's kind of cool about that is, uh, was it assuming that, um, uh, was it you're a... Uh, creator of ambition you could or uh oh you could go back and maybe improve on some stuff that didn't work well the first time around Mm -hmm. or just like it also can show how like your mindset changes as you get older and revisiting your old work right yeah lucas yeah what do you you think makes (laughs) what do you think makes a good adaptation uh like like kind of liam was touching on there with respect to the the original work and the original author and something i wanted to add was respect to the people who that story already matters to uh like um can't think of any specifics but a lot of times uh people just take uh something that they're they, they, they take something they want to adapt and they just rework it and change it until it's not really recognizable anymore and to me well, I understand the idea of you want to in, like put your own voice in there. That's 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 great. But sometimes people change it so much to the point where it's not the original thing anymore. Right. And it is an adaptation, of course. So there's there's definitely a lot of room for for stretching and stuff like that. But being being respectful to the original idea, the the the, the tone, the concept, the characters, that sort of thing, I think is is important in a good ap- adaptation. I was gonna say that, like, uh, mo- I've said it in the past. Mo- f- most uh, Philip K. Dick short stories have been destroyed by the- that mentality of changing it so much that even the ideas and themes are confused at that point. Mm-hmm. I- I'm mm-hmm. looking at you, Minority Report. <laughs> I fucking hate that movie. I think iRobot is a perfect adaptation. <laughs> it's 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 okay to be wrong. Hey, that's my fucking catchphrase. <laughs> I haven't used it in a while. I've reclaimed it. <laughs> no, you're adapting it. You're adapting my catchphrase. There you go. Um, I believe the main the main topic 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 of the episode today is adaptation specifically that we would like to see. That is correct. Now that we've we've covered a uh, what what we think is a good adaptation. So Lucas, uh, I really love how you're you're driving the show along right now. I <laughs> I really appreciate it. My I am in no mindset today to to, um, to host host this show. 
Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> I was um, gonna say that when it comes to that, uh, uh, what is it? When it does come to that, Lucas, there's also the fact that like, like just as consumers or whatnot, and uh, fans of mul- many different forms of media, there are many things that we're fans of that hasn't been adapted, or if it has, like, or even if it has hasn't been adapted very well or whatnot yeah, yeah. You, a, lot, a lot of times books or tv shows or or comic books and stuff are adapted specifically just because they think it'll sell well and yeah. they don't really care that much about the actual product they just want to make some money like uh, avatar the last airbender for one uh, uh the they made an compass. avatar movie golden compass yeah it's, it, it's a piece of shit don't watch it what <laughs> i'm pretty sure they didn't make that i'm pretty sure that's not a thing <laughs> yeah what yeah. a twist what a <laughs> yeah, so so I mean, I'd like to go first. I think one thing that I've spoken about the, this property before um, on the show. Uh, I'm a big fan of Douglas Copeland. Uh, he's a Canadian author. He lives in Vancouver. He's um, super cool, um, hella gay. Uh, so those that that's great. Uh, but he um, he wrote a book. His first book, which is my favorite novel of all time, is called Generation X: Tales from an Accelerated uh, Culture. And uh, it's it's about three friends who live in Palm Springs, California, and they kind of just like pass the time with each other by telling one another stories. Um, they here actually riveting, <laughs> riveting, riveting content. Here it is. There's the book, <laughs> Generation X. All right. Um, yeah, so, so like I said, it's just them passing the time by telling each other short stories. Um, and those short, short stories are fully fledged out in the book. Uh, they, they, they occupy like full chapters of their own. Um, and I would like to see the novel become ad- adapted as po- potentially just like a web series. I could see that working the best because um, then that way you could have the stories uh, as their own episodes, right? Um, but seeing it as a movie would probably not be possible, I think. It could work in, in other mediums, but seeing it as a movie, I don't think would be possible. Um, just because there's so many different stories that happen throughout it that I think audiences would get very confused as to what was happening. Um, but that is one that I would very much like to see something happen with um, because it's my favorite book of all time. Well, given also go. that we're uh, starting to re- as we talked last time, we're starting to reach like a potential 90s resurgent if you subscribe to a 30-year cycle theme like mm-hmm. that could very well be a possibility of like uh yeah, of bo- something to be adapted the book came out in the early 90s so uh, there we go i think that would work great um sip my soda well while liam takes over in this very riveting episode of the book. <laughs> <laughs> um one i was thinking about uh just earlier because i was trying to go over and like i really don't want to just go back do the whole like uh oh uh just reattempt this or whatnot because the version that we got was shitty or whatnot just because it'll just turn into me bashing shitty versions of stories i love um but one that's been talked about for years that hasn't been made is uh the comic book ronin by frank miller more frank um, miller um, yeah no it was just something i was thinking about how we have never gotten a proper adaptation of it yeah or, or even an adaptation at all. There was talk about the Sci-Fi Channel doing one at point at one point. There was talk about H, an HBO adaptation for a miniseries. Right. And it's just been tossed around so much. What's it about? Um, but like, it essentially uh, follows a um, uh, what is it? A uh, samurai who was uh, cryogenically frozen and brought back through science. Awoken. Uh, was it awoken in a, um, a like a million? Or I think it's like a thousand years into the future. Um, and like it very much. Uh, 
well, one, it's a book that really helped Frank Miller establish his style, where he's once said that, um, I always found, uh, was it American comics way too wordy and whatnot, and Japanese comics not wordy enough. So he took the two elements from each forms of, uh, of each way they tell stories and decided to fuse the two together. Um, and I mean, given that uh, it's starting to become more popular and for, and which I still stand by is good, the fact that we're, uh, audiences are becoming more normalized towards uh, uh, was a genre blending. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like uh, if anything now, it would be a great time to try and uh, uh, to try and give a full-blown adaptation of that. And with like uh, Samurai Jack, uh, which was heavily inspired by Ronin getting a new uh, profound popularity and whatnot. Right. And just like all the other things and like uh, how um, everybody's kind of falling, uh, starting to get into cyberpunk uh, now and whatnot. I think that would be a great one to pull up. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, right on. Lucas? Uh, uh, one, one I want to mention really quickly because we've we've kind of already touched on it in our uh, movies, like best movies that never happened. I really want to see a an, a faithful adaptation to Frankenstein. Yep. Like, I, I, like not just like the, having Frankenstein be like a, a monster movie is great, but the book is, is really, really thoughtful and really like uh, really, really interesting because one uh the, the monster can talk like <laughs> yeah, it's not like of a nonsense of a movie where he mainly just grunts and uh... yeah 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 he, he talk and he he goes through this whole existential crisis of like i'm alive and like why am i alive and which is something that i think most people go through but not to the same extreme <laughs> the monster does i'm alive uh, to I re- do this show that's why i'm alive <laughs> that's why i'm here but yeah, I, I I really want to see a really faithful ad- adaptation to uh, uh, the Frankenstein book by Mary Shelley, and uh, again something that we we've already sort of talked about, or at least I've sort of talked about. I really want to see an a, an animated adaptation of the Stormlight Archive, because that like those books would be perfect animated because they have like they have these things called shard blades, which are swords as big as people. Oh yeah. So, and they can like swing them around because they're, they're like super light. You can't, you can't really do that in live action to have it look cool. No. Uh, I mean, so, du- uh, sorry. I mean, Duncan Jones tried to do a similar thing when he made Warcraft and, it did, and audiences <laughs> yeah. didn't really yeah. take to it. Liam, yeah. you're, and, you're looking and real also- like theatrical right now with the light. Yeah, you are. It's awesome. <laughs> Once again, riv- absolutely riveting visual content, Christian. This is also a video podcast. For those of you at home that are listening to this show, maybe go watch an episode of, of it on YouTube. All right, carry on. Uh, but you. also also in the Starlight Archive, there's these little creatures called Spren that show up whenever someone's like feeling a strong emotion or, or like a physical sensation or something like that. Like when someone's feeling very proud of themselves, glory spread appear around them and there's these little little like uh weird little creatures uh and so i I don't think you can make that something like this work in live action so i'd I'd really like to see an animated uh version of that series be honest is there orgasm sprint uh brandon sanderson is a very christian (laughs) (laughs) so no there's no sex in my book (laughs) these people just happen (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, no, he, he doesn't he doesn't go uh far into the romance or sex so. yeah okay um i would really much very much like to see another adaptation of animal farm 
another another uh. book of a favorite of mine. Um, there have been a number of them. Uh, I believe there's an animated one. There's also a live action one. Um, I remember be there was the animated one kind of in the same style as the animated Charlotte's Web. Yeah, it's 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 not Bashki, I don't think, but it is yeah. very much in that similar style. And like, I just think it's a very relevant story. <laughs> you know, um, maybe not the communism part, but um, like just maybe maybe turning it into a little bit more about like tyranny and dictatorships and that sort of thing. Uh, and just showing the fallacy of, of our current political system being so mm -hmm. like taking animal farm and updating it to a current system would be pretty in interesting in my mind, I think. Um, and then get like leave Schreiber to play major or something. I don't know. Get <laughs> 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 him to play a big horse. Um, yeah. So I, I would love to see that personally. Um, um, maybe also, uh, the flowers of Robert Maplethorpe. That would be beautiful. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a book about flowers. It's the book. Uh -huh. It's the book that uh, I believe is being adapted in adaptation, or it's a style. It's a book that it's because. Oh, okay. In um, the movie, he's what? trying to adapt a book about flowers, and it just don't. He can't do it. He doesn't know how. Um, Liam. Uh, one discussion I had with I've had with uh, uh John Tasker, friend of the show, a couple. John of Tasker, times. friend of the show. That's his full name, by the way. He's, he's not actually a friend of the show. That's just his last name. That's literally his name. Yeah. Yeah. You can look um, it up. Yeah. But him and I were talking about, uh, I'll have had many discussions about, uh, given he's not really a fan, a fan of a, a lot of uh, material, uh, the idea of just like how we continue to always try to remake us, uh, retell Shakespeare stories or whatnot. And we always stick to uh, the medieval thing. And uh, John was saying, like, uh, well, the biggest thing with Shakespeare that it's praised for is that it's timeless or whatnot, for the most part. Um, so it's like, so why not do, like, more of, like, uh, kind of what they did with, like, 10 Things I Hate About You, where it's, like, a, um, where it's a very, where it's a very just modern, modernized Shakespeare story. Yeah, or she's there's, the man. There's also um, O, which is, uh, which is the, uh, which is a basketball movie, just, but completely structured around Othello. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, modern day Macbeth would be cool. That would be yeah. really cool, and not yeah. with Fassbender. Like, <laughs> let's, I've actually let's do it I've been, modern. I've been told that the Fassbender uh, Macbeth was really good, but you know what? I just realized that have you guys, have you ever seen Strange Brew with Bob and Doug McKenzie? No, no, no. You were telling me about it. Yeah, I love it. It's a gem. Um, but it's. Uh, I'm pretty sure that movie is just Macbeth. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but with beer and Canadians and mm, and a mm -hmm. go and a ghost. <laughs> well, even with uh, even with Macbeth, I was like, well, I was first introduced to the idea of Macbeth when uh, at my school library there was a um, uh, there was a uh, comic book to Macbeth, except it was set in space. And whatnot, and done like the style of a space opera, and I was like, so given that's my first first introduction, I was like, I would very much like to see that. Like, space honestly, Macbeth. that sounds fucking awesome. Do you remember what it was called? Was it called um, Space I, Macbeth? I think it was just called like Macbeth in Space, or like us, <laughs> or like just I, or it was either that or it was just titled Macbeth, and it was made to uh, and just had the aesthetic of like a uh, of, of like a space opera. Do you know that who sounds looked? fucking awesome? I want to yeah. read that. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Or like, uh, and also just given that like Macbeth is one of the more action-oriented uh, Shakespeare stories, mm -hmm. um, like that I feel... and like the Henry, uh, the Henry trilogy. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like just doing things like that. After those discussions I had with John, I was like, yeah, why don't why do we have to just stick to very traditionalist 
adaptations of Shakespeare when it's always praised for his time for being as timeless as it is. Because mm-hmm. Shakespearean people would tell you that it's disrespectful mm-hmm. to the content, which is just well, baloney. he's dead. Yeah, he's so, so dead. They are he's dead. Been- <laughs> the seven people that were Shakespeare. <laughs> I subscribe to the theory that Shakespeare didn't write all those books. No, yeah. Okay. I subscribe okay. to that theory. He, he, well, here, here's the thing: didn't write any books. Damn it! Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, you know no, what? I, uh, damn it. I'm, there yeah, you go. No, so there you go. Yes. I, I, I think, uh, I think Shakespeare didn't write any books. Okay. I'm saying <laughs> it. I'm saying it today. Yes. Yes. Thank you for your great. For your riveting hot take, Roland Emmerich. Liam, <laughs> you're being. Oh, that's right. He made anonymous. Yeah, no, that's what I was. I wasn't trying oh, to yeah. make. I thought you were making fun of me. No, I was. T- I was just trying to rip on anonymous. Roland, anonymous. I've never seen that. It is, that's about like oh. there not being a Shakespeare, right? Well, there it's was a... a Shakespeare, but like like other people were like, or like spe- I believe in the movie specifically, one person who's like a noble was like giving plays to Shakespeare to publish because he he didn't want to be seen as an artist or whatever. Because huh. like that was that was something that was kind of taboo for nobles at the time. <laughs> to to <laughs> be artsy? To be yeah. artsy? Yeah. That's ridiculous. And th- there's, this, there's this part in the movie where uh, where Shakespeare's like, you know, I don't I don't know if these I don't know if these plays are in like my voice. And the guy's like, no, I chose you because you don't have a voice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Like, oh. Ah, God, you just shot him in the heart. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, you fucking killed him, dude. <laughs> um, um, I'd love to see a uh, a adaptation of 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 memes, like. Uh... <laughs> oh, so the so the emoji movie again. Just oh, take yeah, some... damn it! You're right. <laughs> the meme movie. <laughs> yeah. All the characters are like the the typical memes, like like bad luck. Brian is a character. <laughs> we got like we got like the Are you winning, son? Meme. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, if if somebody had the balls to do it, it would have happened already. I feel. Yeah. Um, I, I just feel like I, those those two memes, the "Are you winning, son?" meme and "Bad luck, Brian," are like so far apart in internet history. I feel like pe- most people don't know what both of those are. No, I know what both um, of them are. Are you winning uh, there, son? That's a great yeah. meme. That one's real funny. I like um, it. One another- of my favorites is the butterfly meme. I was like, part- is this a pigeon? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite mo- my favorite meme formats is uh the the brain exploding one where like mm. the mind is expanding. Yeah, it's a good yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then Sorry, um, well, this is this is the meme show now. Yep, that's what we're doing. Yep. This is it. What um, Liam, what's your I'm- favorite meme? I've got better things to do with my time. His face. What do you ask someone his favorite meme one? This was so good. Liam's <laughs> O face. Um, one of my what one an adaptation that I want to see. <laughs> uh, I want to see a TV series about the Dark Tower books, even though there I were was, a handful of them that didn't that I didn't like. Oh, was that one of the things that you were gonna say? That was actually one of a. I was actually literally about to bring that up, but okay. I figured. You and I would probably talk about that, given you yeah, the yeah. books are probably still fresh in your brain and whatnot. Yeah, even even though I wasn't I wasn't a huge fan of a lot of the decisions Stephen King made in the later books, uh, I, I would like to see a reworking of it, like where the Man in Black actually plays a significant role after being built up for such a long time. Um, a lot of it, I think a lot of it also uh, with those books is that I've always said that the Dark Tower is such a unique uh, universe and like identity that like I feel like. It's almost a travesty that it hasn't been properly adapted. And the yeah, fact it's that the we... one movie, and they left all the weirdness out of it. 
Yeah. They left like they left Blaine the Mono completely out of it, and I I yeah. can't forgive that. Blaine the Train, <laughs> Blaine <Yeah>. the Mono. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, they uh, uh, they leave out like the second book where Ro uh, was it where Roland's in that world where like there's those crab things that like uh, yeah, like literally they just call them lobster things. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of weird mutant animals in the Dark Tower. I can yeah. see that as yeah. a TV series. For sure. Yeah, and there's 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 like a robot bear, and they have to shoot off the antenna the antenna on its head to kill it. <laughs> weird. Yeah, no. Yeah, um, it, it's it's fucking weird. There's so much weird shit in that series. Yeah. Like I want to I want to I want a visual representation of it that isn't a sanitized Hollywood version. Yeah. Yeah, that I was if that isn't um just uh cowboys revenge. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. As it, like, like and I want I want to I want a Dark Tower movie where Roland's motivation is i want to get to the fucking tower and nothing's gonna stop me instead like, of uh just for generic what if i'm gonna kill the man in black yeah yeah like that that wasn't even part of his motivation he was trying to find the man in black because the man in black supposedly knew where the tower was because he just wants to find the fucking tower <laughs> how do you not find a tower <laughs> it's a tower it's very far away oh okay <laughs> just walk to it i don't know yeah <laughs> I think I think um, there there be some story re reworking. Uh, there might have to be some character reworking uh, in in yeah, well, some areas. Well, because uh, Roland, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, is pretty racist in the books. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess Stephen King thought it made sense because he was a cowboy and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Is that why they casted Idris Elba? I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of it. Maybe, yeah. That's probably that's probably a part of it. I mean, Bo, which is uh, funny I... in in the books, like it doesn't matter. But also in the books, he's pretty explicitly white. Yeah, <laughs> like like they, they, like one of the, one of the characters is a black woman. She keeps calling him a honky. Oh wow! Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Bo I wasn't did not Bo I don't have a problem with the casting that it was done to. Uh, uh, to try and avoid accusations of racism. Yeah, yeah. Fair the honestly, the casting in the movie was pretty good. Like, I actually really like Idris Elba as Roland, and I also really like Matthew McConaughey as the Man in Black. Just the movie was shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was gonna say another. Uh, just this isn't really a specific adaptation, but a form of adaptation that I'd like to see people go back and revisit is to take, do what's do take the Starship Troopers approach. And like Duva, and try to do more of like that, where you take a uh, pro very, very problematic material and then, but reframe it as a satire. I was thinking like I, especially in our today in our current climate or whatnot, I think that would be really helpful for uh, I was it for how we get these for how to convey uh, certain ideas and whatnot. I'm gonna ask you to repeat yourself, Liam, just because my internet cut out for a minute and I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> um. Liam I said was... that his favorite meme is. <laughs> Look at that. Bad luck, bad <laughs> that luck, Brian. Roll. Over here. That eye roll is amazing. Wow, I'm, I'm, just... Liam's bad luck, Brian, and I'm success kid right now. <laughs> I'm beginning to I'm beginning to feel like Vidaria of the Thundercast. I feel like Lucas is Lucas is Dat Boy. Um, that boy? Which one's that? Uh, oh shit! It's that boy. Look at him go. It's the, fro <laughs> the frog on the on the unicycle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. Liam. Liam, go, go on, Liam. Um, but what I was saying is, uh, why I uh, was a this is a form of adaptation that I would really like to see. Um, not necessarily a specific adaptation, but to I would love to see more films do the Starship Troopers approach, where they take a mm -hmm. uh, novel or like thing that's considered, uh, let's be nice and say fascist, and uh, <laughs> and uh, reframe Jason it as Kenny? a sat. 
right. and mm-hmm. uh, reframe it as a satire. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, like, no, yeah. Uh, I, I love the Starship Troop. Like we, we were talking about what makes a good ad- adaptation. It was mostly about respect, but also fuck the book. Fuck the, the Starship. No, Starship. Yeah. I have it on my shelf. I have read yeah. it. <laughs> it's, it's so very pretty. Fascist. Yeah, no, it has way too high a viewpoint view of the military. And, uh, <laughs> um, You're not allowed to have kids unless you serve in the military. But like, uh, how was it like? Because there are a lot of books where um that, I mean, I Starship Troopers. I don't know what its fan base or is or whatnot. I'm sure it has the book has its devout supporters or whatnot. There are five fucking. Movies. There definitely are. Can you hear my dog um, barking? But like, cannot. Um, but like, uh, just like take, like, say other, uh, just try to find like another, uh, questionable novel that has a, that has a fan base and turn it into a satire. So you could be like, uh, Tom uh, so, Sawyer. You could, so you could say to a lot of the people who still worship it, where I'm like, no, this is real. This is literally what the book is saying, guys. There it is. Lucas is Starship currently Troopers. holding up a copy of yep. Starship Troopers. It was, it was behind my Abraham Lincoln bus. <laughs> Wow, you really don't want people to know you own that book. <laughs> Except that I just showed the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, uh, but you, but you get what I'm saying, right, Lucas? Like, just try yeah, to yeah. find another. Uh, just try to find. What am I, chop liver? Another like uh, troubling, another like troubling material, and reframe it as a satire, so you can show those devout fans or whatnot. Like, uh, no, this is what your book is actually saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what? Do you have an example? Uh, shit, I'm... Let's bring it out. Um, no, I'm not going to say that one. The Bible. <laughs> <laughs> the Bible. Uh, Is that where you were going to go? No, no, I was going to say Mein Kampf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I God. Mean, I mean, I, I mean, Taiko Atiti uh, kind of did that. Kind of. He yeah. kind of did it. Um, Like, even if, like, uh, like I talked about him the last one, like, say if you took, like, the Fountainhead or something and turned mm. it into a, sat- a Starship oh, yeah, Super yeah, Style yeah. satire. Sure, sure. <laughs> and, like, cool. uh, even like uh, Lucas said, the concerning thing about that, but was that for a lot of people who would like to see a Fountainhead movie, and I'm like, Is yeah. Is she still pray- alive? No, she's been dead right. since uh, the 70s. Oh, okay. Right, yeah. Or, yeah, no, so the 80s, because... We could dance on her grave, whatever. <laughs> and also just the fact that you could use the fact that people want to see that movie, and then it could be like, yeah, surprise, bitches, this is, this is a satire. <laughs> And make it a really explicit satire so they don't get confused and like it instead. <laughs> Every, everyone who everyone who's a main character in the book is wearing a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, this this episode, friends, it has really gone off the fucking rails. <laughs> it's probably, this is, going down in history is my favorite episode. I wonder if one day I wonder if one day they'll adapt this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder as well. So, uh, I mean, given... Yeah, we got Justin I mean, Long, Matthew McConaughey, and young Anthony Hopkins right here. That was, like, the most arbitrary uh, relation cast I have ever heard in my life. Yeah, because Lucas doesn't look like Matthew McConaughey. And I sure as hell don't look like Justin Long. Yeah, you do. I mean, you have the longest hair, so that's 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 the best we can do. Yeah, yeah. so the one is... So what? Name by association? Uh, that's uh, really good. great thinking, guys. I, I, I can kind of do a Matthew McConaughey accent, so. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, all right in, in reality, I'll right, probably be played right. by like fucking Paul Rubens or <laughs> Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler, at, and Steve-O from but, Jackass. By the time that gets made, let's have seventy-year-old Adam Sandler play a twenty. <laughs> 
20-year-old. That would be the best movie in the world. And it would be a podcast, too. It would just yeah, be... the whole movie would be a podcast. Shit, word for word. Ac- <laughs> Shit, this is actually starting to sound like a mo- an adaptation I would like to see. <laughs> you know what's an adaptation that should have never been made? Was, uh, oh, was um, uh, what's his name? The guy who directed uh, Elephant. David Lynch. No. Or no, sorry, uh Gus Van Gus Van Sant. Gus Van Sant's psycho. That's a movie that should not <laughs> exist at all. That's not, not even that's not an adaptation. It's a shot for shot remake that yeah. it's definitely not worth it. I don't know. I've never yeah. seen it because I've Vince seen Psycho Vaughn as as uh, Norman Bates. Norman Bates. I, I I forgot it. That's one of my favorite movies, and I forgot his name. How dare I? <laughs> Lucas, have you seen any of the other Psycho movies by chance? I have not, but I've I heard I hear they're actually pretty good. I've heard Did Psycho watch, Two is uh, great. Psycho Two yeah. apparently is really good. Uh, I've heard three and four you really don't have to watch, but if you mm. if you like the character, then like go go yeah. for it. Dive, dive in. I mean, I mean, I used to watch uh, Bates Motel. And uh, like I watched mm. the first two seasons, and I liked it fine. Yeah, yeah. I I I kind of I accidentally spoiled uh, Bates Motel for somebody I worked with once, because uh, he was like, "Yeah, I'm really into Bates Motel." I'm like, "Oh, that's one that's sort of like a spiritual like uh, prequel to Psycho, right?" And he's like, "He's like, yeah, yeah." I'm like, "Oh, has his mom died yet?" And he's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "That's that's like the whole point in, in the movie." That's, yeah, he's like, I've never seen it. I'm like, "Oh." You, Whoops! <laughs> also, he, spoilers for a seventy-year-old movie. <laughs> um, does does he Norman kill his mother in the show? Uh, I don't know. I never, I never watched no. uh, much of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, no, I only got to uh, uh, was it season two when Norma was still around then. Right. Mm. Yeah, I think there's four seasons of that show. <laughs> Norma and Norman. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot her name was Norma. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this on uh, this episode is definitely fucking. Not going anywhere. Stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> this is a dumb one. We gotta get I mean, a... I had a great time. Yeah. Oh, I'm having a... This is the most we've laughed on the show in a long time. This is a good time. All right. Um, we're going to go for another break, and we'll be back with another exciting edition of... I told you not to do that. <laughs> okay, we'll be if you we'll ever back. do that again, I will shoot you. Yeah, we'll be right back. Hey, man, I did it differently this time. Okay, we'll be right back. <laughs> Turning off my, gotta turn off my vibrator. Hold on, hold on a uh, I'm putting uh, that one. Lucas that one is going to the show. Is there, is there something you're not telling us? Even, my vibrator. Yeah, like, even if well, Liam, it wouldn't oh, be that big of uh, a deal. Oh. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We are going to do another exciting installment of. Cool Wars. Cool Wars is a show. Is a show. It might as well be a show at this point. Um, <laughs> cool Wars is a segment of the Thundercast in which we dissect various cool characters from media that from a list that we have completely fabricated on our own. Um, the only rule is that the people who are fighting, one of the only rules, the people who are fighting are not physically fighting. Um, they. It is purely a test of coolness. Coolness is defined by many, many things all of which you can find by Googling yourself. Today's Cool Wars is... Who is it, man? Superman versus uh, Warden uh, Louise Walker from Holes. That's correct. 
So <laughs> two adaptations, two people that have been adapted many, many times. And by many, I mean Louise Walker one time. Um, but let's get the timer ready. There, Liam. All right. And here we go. Okay. So <laughs> Superman is a fucking alien who can shoot lasers from his eyes. Counterpoint. Louise Walker is played by Sigourney Weaver. That's true. Us, but it's is also two, a, two completely even things. No, very yeah, even. But <laughs> also a uh, character who um, very much uh, profiteers and uh, abuses child labor in yeah, the prison she's, system. She's pretty awful in, in reality. <laughs> like, I don't know why we put oh, her yeah. on the list because she's pretty awful. Like, she's using child labor to find hidden treasure that her dead grand, her dead father left in the middle of the desert. Well, not, mm-hmm. not true. Kissing Kate Barlow had that, but I like that movie a lot. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, Louise Walker, like, she, she's cool because she just has a no-fucks-given attitude um, yeah. until things start to crumble on her, around mm-hmm. her. And then once things start to cr- crumble, she just loses her cool. Um, like, And I don't mean she gets mad. I mean she just stops being cool. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> the thing with Superman is Superman, I think Superman is just too much sometimes. Like, mm. su- Superman is almost too fucking cool, you know? Um, but sometimes, also, Superman can be a total dick, you know? Superman, mm. I mean, from some perspectives, you could definitely say that. Uh, I mean, Superman, like all good characters, has never always been in the right. Right. Um, but, like, uh, I was, I think what I've always found cool about Superman or whatnot, and why I will actively defend this whole bullshit argument that I hear from some people... Of like, oh, Superman sucks. Superman's gay because like he's too powerful. Whoa, Liam. Drop yeah, him, that's drop what. Some, that's, okay. That's what I hear from. Su- that's what I hear from a couple of idiots. <laughs> wow, I just didn't think you would drop uh, drop words <laughs> uh, <laughs> like that. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, and like, but well, the thing that's uh, that's cool about Superman that I've always found is that like, yeah, he is like super powerful and whatnot, and he does have all of that. Though I have argued that uh, there are many people who could beat up Superman and yeah. that are more powerful than Superman. What Captain I've always Marvel. found cool is the shit around uh, is the is the fact that he has all of his power or whatnot, and it's the struggle of not of having to uh, make the right choice or whatnot, right? And um, mm-hmm. actually uh, be true to uh, what he believes humanity needs him to be. And yeah, uh, yeah. Superman, Superman. I don't know. I, I haven't read many comics, so I can't really uh, attest to whether or not this exists, but. To me, the most interesting Superman story would be one about him and his power, about like how to responsibly wield his power and when when uh, it becomes too much and stuff like that. I, 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 there's probably comics like that out there. I just I just I just don't know. Superman fans, yep. please at Lucas at, are, at <laughs> Lucas underscore Lizard on there, on. There's two underscores. That's what all of the best Superman stories deal with, because okay. a lot of people take issue with like just the physical power of Superman or whatnot, and just like uh, the whole thing of her like, well, he's too physically powerful. It doesn't get physically beat up. I'm like, uh, no, that's not true. There's also the fact that um, these are the same people who will, as a counter argument, will go off and say. Oh, uh, uh, was it? Well, uh, Superman's just a goody two shoes or whatnot. And I'm like, we need actual good altruistic characters in our media right now, mm-hmm. especially given that we're stuck with the uh, Chris Pratt, Robert Downey Jr. caricature that everybody seems to love. Mm-hmm. We get it, Liam. You don't like Chris Pratt. <laughs> we get it. Um, I like I like my rats to be uh, 
I, I, I lost the word shit. <laughs> Not <Shoot>. crispy. <laughs> What's the opposite of crispy? I've moist. forgotten. Moist. I like my rats to be moist. <laughs> like moist rats. Um, oh, that's, that's yeah. gross. So I think, I don't know. I don't think this one's really going to get farther than where we have it. <laughs> I don't think this Cool Wars is really going to get any cooler. Um, I Yeah, the cool thing about uh, Warden Walker is that She's played by Sigourney Weaver. That's, yeah, I mean that's that's I Sigourney. There's there's very few people on Earth that can match Sigourney Weaver's cool level. Oh wow, yeah. Like we should have had we should have had Ripley versus uh, Warden Walker. That would have been <laughs> tight. Um, I was gonna say in the, I don't know if I've I rem, if I'm remembering correctly in the book isn't there also that scene where she has like a but was it that uh nail polish that's slightly uh laced with um with like rattlesnake venom yeah and she's scratching mm-hmm. john voight's face yeah yeah Good i mean i remember thinking that was cool as a kid but mainly because i thought it was terrifying and i'm like i haven't seen that or i haven't read that before in a book mm-hmm. yeah that is kind of terrifying <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right i think i think i'm ready liam you want to yeah me too yeah. lucas yeah liam you're ready i'm yep. ready okay do we stop the timer yep how much time was left Five minutes. <laughs> I think that's a that's a record. That's that's a yeah. record. Um. Okay. Ready. This is what happens when you intentionally add somebody who is not cool to the um. <laughs> oh, was it to the cool characters document? Oh man. I mean, I mean, she's cool, but she's not as Are cool we, as Superman. I, yeah, we just revealed the answer. It's Superman. <laughs> yeah, whoops. Yeah, my bad. One. Uh, no, two, it's Superman. It's Superman. Three. It's Superman. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fucking. Wow, Superman. Christian, you're really not understanding. Yes, and are you? <laughs> but therefore, okay. <laughs> First rule of improv is but therefore. <laughs> I mean, that's my writer. That's for one of the better writer rules I've heard. But no. not a good improv rule. Yeah. <laughs> Always bring a gun in improv. Always have a gun in improv. Try and kill everyone on stage. <laughs> Just yeah, to make yeah. sure we're being clear to our audience, make sure it's a bear, a bang gun. That's what Christian means. No, a real gun. Christ- no, <laughs> Christian. Real gun. Christian, no, you mean a bang gun. No, I meant Remember a real that. gun. Well, a, bu- a, a gun that goes bang and fires bullets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and murders people. That's good. Well, well, it's great to know that we're taking the uh, anti-gun control approach on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, this has been <laughs> this has been the Thundercats this week. 18th century dueling crystal. <laughs> Lucas, you want to take us home? No. Okay. <laughs> this is the podcast that'll never end. <laughs> no. Uh, if you liked what you heard, and why wouldn't you? Uh... <laughs> oh, I could think of a lot of reasons. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, yeah. If, if this is the kind of content you want, then <laughs> this is the kind of content you want that you enjoy. Uh, you can you can follow us on social media uh, at uh, on Twitter we're Thunder Lizard OG on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram we are Thunder Lizard uh, Collective. Uh, are we on any, on any other uh, social medias? Nope, I don't know. I can't remember. Twitch. Okay, cool. Well, we barely use that. <laughs> Should also give a uh, shout out to our patrons. That is yep, correct. Our patrons are awesome. Right. Uh, Christian has their names. I don't I have them written down. But oh shit! Kate, oh no! Manos. No. Tanya, Brittany, and Scott. Uh, I do believe. There that's, we go. That's there all we go. Perfect. Right. 
Uh, you can you can uh, share this with your friends, force it upon your loved ones. Uh, give us five stars on iTunes. Follow us on Spotify and those, both those things on any of those uh, equivalent podcast uh, distributors. Um, uh, we have other shows. We have Thunder and Dragons, where I am the Thunder Master. I run Christian, Liam, and our friend Dan through some wacky adventures. Uh, we also have Expose Yourself, uh, which I believe is a storytelling uh, podcast uh, hosted by Christian. That's right. Um, I have not put out an episode in a while. <laughs> so, but you can find the five that are out. Um, there you go. They're good. Anyway. Did I miss anything? Oh, I think you did it. You Perfect. nailed it, bud. Right, right on. on. <laughs> so good at podcasting. <laughs> Welcome. Oh, God, this episode. Oh, fuck. Uh, okay, well, this has been the Thundercast for this week. My name is Christian. My name is Lucas. And I'm Liam. And I apologize so much for this <laughs> bull-ass crap of an episode. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>like i'm a fucking hostage <laughs> yeah this looks like one of those hostage videos that uh gets sent this back. is cool i like this i like this setup. i got it here's a new holy fuck new... lucas that's really scary okay. okay here's the new uh get rich quick scheme well lucas we're going to uh kidna- kidnap you and film a fake hostage video to send to your parents. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm at, I'm ready to go. Are you ready to go? Do you think your parents would take would take it, Lucas? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>